0: Ah, the late 70s and early eighties, uh, the boom years of the video game industry. Thank you. And my game system was the Magnavox Odyssey 2. Yes. Sleek, stylish, futuristic, and totally underappreciated. Oh my. Let's change that. You were I'll dig through the Odyssey 2 library, introduce you to each game, offer a few of my own expanded memories of playing them both then and now, and we'll see if those games hold up today.
1: Amazing.
0: I'm Green and this is Select Game.
1: Select Game.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Select Game, expanded memories of the Odyssey 2 podcast from the logbook.com. The only podcast on the internet with Sync Sound Action. I think that's mostly because no one's really sure what Sync Sound Action is. Hi! It's been a while, hasn't it? And that is completely unintentional. It's been an interesting summer here at the greenhouse, so uh, we kind of lost a month on this podcast. So I'm trying to uh, trying to make the catching up worthwhile for you. And today we will be talking about going back to the arcade. Namely, arcade ports on the Odyssey 2 and video pack. And it's really important to throw in the and video pack for this show because, really, if you remove the video pack library and go only by... What was released in North America. You, uh, you wind up with a much smaller library of arcade ports, and you know this, of course, is discounting homebrews, which may or may not be ports or near beer versions of popular arcade games. In the news. <laughs> got quite a bit of news to talk about in this edition of Select Game. 2600Connection.com has a new Odyssey 2 homebrew just around the corner. The game is called Oranges, and it's by Chris Reed. There's Several other projects are in the works, going by some of the uh, interesting demo videos that you can see on YouTube and other places. Uh, among them, Brenball, and a game called First. Which looks interesting. There have been some rumblings regarding a release of Sherlock Holmes, Private Consulting Detective. Now, here's where this gets a little bit confusing. I do not know if... This is an original game that just picks up the idea of the unfinished Master Strategy game, or if someone has found and or completed, if it needed to be completed, Robert Cheesham's code for the unreleased Sherlock Holmes game, which would have been the fourth Master Strategy game for the Odyssey 2. It's kind of funny that in the last show, I just happened to mention the unfinished, the unreleased Sherlock Holmes game, and here it is, we're talking about it being released. We live in an age of wonders. Now, I got a note from Chris Federico about Handy Pick Hank, which is uh, John Rudder's 2600 port of Pickaxe Pete. He says it does not have all of the level configurations of the original. On the Odyssey 2 version, of course, you could select 0 through 9 on your keyboard to pick which maze or, you know, which level configuration you wanted to spend your entire game with. Um... Obviously, without, short of you know having someone sitting there hammering the select button on the 2600, you can't really do that. So apparently, the decision was made to just pick one level from the original Pickaxe Pete and go with it for a handy pick, Hank. That's okay. You Atari VCS people, you're still going to get hooked. We'll talk about Pickaxe Pete another time because it is a favorite of mine. Let's see what else. Hyperkin has unveiled the Retron 77, an HD 2600 clone in a wood grain box. So the question becomes, if someone did something similar to this for the Odyssey 2 or video pack, would you spring for it? I've got to tell you, my answer is, yes, I would. Yes, I would. And so probably would you. My current Odyssey 2 setup, while well, I am... You know, I try to play everything on original hardware with original controllers for this show. There are going to be a few occasions where that simply isn't going to be possible. But, as a rule, that is the default mode for select game. Is that I am playing with... I am playing a real cartridge on original hardware with original Odyssey 2 controllers. That being said, if there was an option that allowed me to have a less Byzantine video hookup than what I am doing now, which involves driving both my Odyssey 2 and my 2600 through their respective uh, TV game switches into a large, and and it's old, I mean it's certainly discontinued by now because the company's discontinued, but I believe I got this in the in the eighties. This was a magnavox, no, not magnavox, Good grief, Magnavox on the brain. This was a realistic modulator box that has several cable hookups in the back and a single cable output it's it's actually not a it's not an r f modulator it's just a switch box for coax connections so I do my old trick of plugging the TV game switches into 375 uh, ohm converters, plugging the cable end of those converters into the ports on the back of this box, and having one cable output to the cable input of my HDTV. That's a lot of extra wiring compared to just having an HDMI output. So, you know, if anyone wants to do something like the Retron 77 for the Odyssey 2, I'm all on board with that. Remember to include a USB port so we can plug our own keyboards in and you don't have to worry about that extra hardware expense. Over on the Intellivision side of things, very sad news. Mr. Keith Robinson, the rest of us knew him as Mr. Intellivision, has passed away. He was in charge of Intellivision Productions and rallied many of the original Blue Sky Rangers, the Mattel Intellivision programming group to they he rallied them around him to join with him in buying the rights to their own hardware and software when Mattel Electronics officially orphaned the Intellivision. And as a result, the original programmers of the Intellivision Library have gotten to continue to benefit from their work decades later. It's a very unique situation in the business end of retro gaming and Keith Robinson was the lightning rod that sort of gathered the the troops around him and uh, if you ever met him in person you know he was a blast he will be very much missed okay has everyone seen the new trailer that dropped at San Diego Comic Con for Stranger Things Season 2 because if you haven't be warned, there is a giant Odyssey 2 Easter egg in that trailer. Namely, there is, an, there is an exterior shot where we see one of the boys, it's Will Byers, for those of you who know the show. For those of you who don't, you're going to be like, yeah, what, who? And it doesn't really matter. He's outside, and he has just witnessed something really alarming in the sky. And then we cut to one of his friends coming out of the arcade that they were playing at, asking him if he's okay. When we cut back to him, the, the red sky and the giant monster that he saw in the background in the distance are gone. And there is a lighted sign for the arcade, where basically it's like someone took the Odyssey 2 logo, and instead of it spelling out Odyssey 2, it spells out Arcade. And it's on this sign, and I want that sign when they're done with it. I have no idea what I do with it, I just want that sign. I'm the Odyssey 2 guy. So there you go. That's the news for this edition of Select Game. Let's actually get some games selected and start playing. Let's talk Super Cobra. Super Cobra was originally released in Japan by Konami and in North America by Stern. It was supposedly something of a loose sequel to Scramble. Now, the Video Pack version was published by Warner Brothers and was programmed by Graham Thomason, who had already programmed such games as Neutron Star and Robot City for Philips. Thomason created a crash course for new Video Pack programmers while he was at Philips, specifically for the Video Pack G7000, which was the equivalent to the Odyssey 2 that material can be downloaded at the videopack.nl forums all 185 handwritten pages of it and i will include a link to that rather sizable document but for right now strap into your big pixelated helicopter it's time to play some super cobra ah! okay Wrong hand controller is what that was. Super Cobra. That first recording was normal Cobra. This is Super Cobra. Oh. (laughs) I'd forgotten the, uh. Oh. Oh... <laughs> I love my old Odyssey 2, it's just not made for side-scrolling. <laughs> that thing where it does the beep 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 beep. ...is it stops everything, and slowly slides it over to the next screen. Oh, that's... that's adorable. Ah... <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the helicopter has to split in two so it can explode properly. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, let's, let's try that again. I mean, that just completely kills the pace for it to do that. Oh, oh, I'm getting my butt kicked. Alright. Hey, I kind of kicked butt on that slice of the level. Oh! Let's get out of here. Amazed I have, what, four lives left? Oh, okay, are now, uh, and none. Please disassemble helicopter when you crash it. <laughs> one more game. This is not the greatest adaptation of Super Cobra ever. Uh, this may actually be one of the worst. I applaud them for trying. So let me actually uh, stop laughing for a second and get into play mechanics. When you are actively moving your helicopter forward, you can shoot forward with machine guns. Otherwise, when you press the action button, you are dropping a bomb. Missed! Ah! It really be it really becomes an exercise, it's not so much in shooting everything you can as avoiding everything you can. I'm out of here. Bye. I actually acquitted myself nicely there, aside from crashing into the walls of the cave. Oh! Wait! No way! So it scrolls me directly into a situation where I'm going to crash immediately. Oh, now that sucks! Okay. (laughs) Super Cobra. Frogger. Was also originally published in Japan by Konami. In the North American and the English speaking territories, it was brought to you by Sega Gremlin. Once again, the port of Frogger was published by Parker Brothers, mainly in Europe and South America. The game was not released in the US. This port was programmed by Goran Omen. Omen's working at a Stockholm based software house called Intron AB when he programmed Frogger. Now, Intron was a three-man operation designing video pack games for Philips, and it was founded by former Philips programmer Peter Inser. Oman says other colleagues pitched in on Frogger, but they remain unidentified. A part-time employee worked on the music. Yes, I did just mention music in relation to The Odyssey 2. And others contributed to graphic design. Uh, Goran's other titles for the video pack include Clay Pigeon and a video pack G7400 exclusive title Trans American Rally. Now much more recently Goran briefly worked on a free Android video pack emulator called VPack App, which is no longer in the Google Play Store. He actually had permission from Philips to distribute the original games And he designed the emulator while he was learning Android. He was basically teaching himself to program Android devices. Now, it's still out there if you're feeling particularly brave. There are several non-Google Play Store APK sites that still have VPAC app available for download. Just be aware that those sites sometimes will bundle a little something extra with their downloads. So... um, Download responsibly, double check everything. We'll talk about VPAC app another time, but right now let's talk Frogger. Oh it's got it's got a title screen. And the frog winks at me. Oh that's awesome. Nicely done, Parker Brothers. Okay. So I'm on to the uh the river already. This game divides Frogger up into two different screens. You have the roadway and then you have the river. But oh, that wasn't where I was supposed to jump. Can I get the lady frog? Yeah, but then I die. Always <sighs> thinking with the wrong head. Does it to me every time? Aha! Okay. That wasn't much of a victorious sound. Okay, doing rather well here. It may be <laughs> a little too easy. Got the fly, so it's uh, it's recognizably Frogger. Yeah, now I got the lady frog. You just hang on there, lady frog. Ribbit. Okay. Oh, I died suddenly. All right, nothing fancy this time. No froggy flirting. Let's just get to the top. Oh! That top-left safe place for the frog. That is the hardest one to get to, and I died. All right, let's play it again. Oh, that's nice. It just starts it over for you. Oh, and... Best not to jump under a truck like that. Okay, so you know this this may not be Starpath supercharger material, but this is uh, it's a really nice version of Frogger, and considering the limitations of the system they had to work with i uh, I give them full marks on this one. The frog doesn't have to split in two to die unless he's in a high school biology class and then it's all over <clears throat> but this frog report seems like a a really good exercise in making a virtue of the limitations of the system of the hardware that you're working on rather than doing something like Super Cobra where you know, you're not going to win the fight against that lack of resources okay, this just leaves me with that one lily pad that I have a very hard time reaching Will I make it? Not this trip. Oh! Sinking turtles. Diving turtles. Trying to kill me. Ah! My score is 1,880 points. Oh! Missed! Just barely missed! But a clean miss. I mean, I the moment I uh, the moment I made the move, I knew it was a bad move. You know, this is not a question of dodgy collision detection. Oh, one last froggy! Come on, Frogger, let's get you home. Oh, I couldn't jump backward. Frogger! I love how he winks. So were any of the arcade ports covered in this edition of Select Game actually released in the US? Yes, this last one was, and it was the only licensed arcade game released by Philips itself. We are, of course, talking about Turtles. Once again, based on a Konami arcade game released in the U.S. and Canada by Stern, the Odyssey 2 port was programmed by Jim Butler in-house at the Knoxville Video Game Group. According to a pre-release blurb (laughs) in Odyssey Adventure Magazine, Turtles was scheduled for release in April 1983. Jim Butler had previously programmed P.T. Barnum's acrobats and he had migrated from Milton Bradley to North American Phillips along with Sam Overton and Robert H. Harris when Phillips formed the new game design group in Knoxville in 1981. When Sam Overton left Phillips, Butler was briefly the head of that design group. The group was formerly known as the Odyssey Software Development Group, but also known as Odyssey West for short according to Odyssey Adventure Magazine. Whether or not anyone within the group actually referred to it that way, I have no idea. Now, Jim Butler did leave a couple of Easter eggs in Turtles. While you are holding the question mark key, press reset, release the question mark key, and the sign on the Turtle Hotel will say, Written by Jay Butler. Watching the attract mode long enough, you will see... Different phrases crop up, including play acrobats and play killer bees on the side of the building. It's worth mentioning that apparently up to and including the duration of the development curve for Turtles, P.T. Barnum's Acrobats was known simply as Acrobats. It was not going to be a game with any licensed element at all. The licensing of the P.T. Barnum name on Acrobats was a very late addition. Now, according to Moby Games, Jim Butler now works for Wizards of the Coast, formerly TSR, publishers of Dungeons & Dragons, but that is wrong. That is not the same Jim Butler. So, you will see that factoid repeated across the internet just because one site started it, and the little bit of research will tell you that uh, these are two completely different Jim Butlers, born on different continents, in fact. Now, there was a big promotional push for Turtles, at least big by North American Philips Odyssey 2 standards. Odyssey Adventure Magazine held a contest to give away ten upright arcade-style Odyssey Arcade Centers, each equipped with an Odyssey 2, a color TV, presumably a Magnavox TV, and a copy of Turtles. Nice. Not a bad prize. This is the, uh, the Odyssey 2 kiosk that you have probably seen pictures of around the web. I'd kinda like one, but I've reached the age where I also kinda like sitting down to play games. So now that we have the trivia out of the way, let's get the turtles out of the way. Crank up my voice module, good and loud, because this game has music such as you have never heard. We have a... Alright, there's the house. This is actually a really nice little port of the arcade game. Ah, get away from me, or I will die suddenly. Is it <laughs> Oh! The the bugs that are chasing you change color. If one of them gets to be red and angry, uh, you're screwed. Of course, as badly as I'm stirring my turtle, I'm screwed anyway. Ah! Just unleashed a new bug. Ah! Uh. And I died suddenly. It's easy to get cornered in, strangely enough, the corners. Let's play that again. Turtles has a really interesting screen with the mama turtle walking up to a building, which is actually... that's actually something from the arcade game. Alright, getting better at leaving the Leaving the bombs. Just gotta make sure you don't run out of them. And you have to uh, chance trip to the center of the screen to get more. Gah! That was the. The hidden bug. It's not a feature, it's a bug. Alright, one last baby turtle. You can kiss my turtly ass goodbye. Second floor. Oh well, that's an interesting little intermission screen. Ah, oh. Well, there's the hidden bug. <laughs> for this level. Oh! Oh, turtle poop! Since I'm already in the middle of the board, I'm going to die. Um, I was actually going to try to go get more turtle bombs, but that's not going to happen because I'm dead. You all enjoying this music? I know I am. One more game. Go get more bombs, and let's use them. Oh! Yeah, if a, if one of the bugs is red and angry, trying to chase you, uh, dropping a bomb in their path drops them back to the lowest level of aggression, effectively calming their beef men. Just like that, baby. And they're, you can temporarily pass through them when they are recovering from being turtle-bombed. I think we all know that's turtle crap. We might as well call it what it is. Second floor. Oh, ah, well, glad we got him out of the way. Grab some more bombs. Eat turtle lead all right oh bad timing i got sandwiched in the middle of the board Get some more bombs. Got 11 bombs. I'm in pretty good shape on turtle bombs. Ah! Ugh. Sandwiched again. One last question mark on the board. Whoa, whoa. It's a trap. Third floor. So maybe I need to play every game more than once from now on, (laughs) because I get better at it. Of course that's a bold statement when I just died suddenly. Oh, bombs two of them in a row. Nice. Long trip around to the turtle house. Okay, I'm turtle soup. Four thousand seven hundred forty points. Not bad. Not bad at all. I like turtles. I am uh I am willing to say that with the possible exception of Cubert, this is the best arcade port on the Odyssey 2. Which is kind of odd because it seems like you would expect Parker Brothers, and the Parker Brothers games on the 2600 really seemed to uh they seem to be better than the average game in many respects. But, uh, yeah, Turtles really... it really makes the most of the system's resources, including the voice, with that goofy music. So there you go. Turtles. Turtles! It's kind of interesting how many of the arcade ports available for the Odyssey 2 were based on games originated by Konami. Konami games sublicensed through Stern make up the vast majority of the Odyssey 2's licensed arcade ports, and the video packs as well, including Turtles, Super Cobra, and Tutankham. Konami can also lay claim to Frogger, which was published outside of Japan by Sega Gremlin. Now, this is probably almost certainly a coincidence. It's just an interesting one. That's all the time we have for the Select Game podcast. You can hear Select Game on iTunes, Stitcher, and ThrowbackNetwork.net, and you can also subscribe to the RSS feed. You'll find the podcast itself and occasional goodies associated with it at www.thelogbook.com slash selectgame. If you really dig Select Game, also check out the 365-day-a-year Escape Pod Geek History Podcast at thelogbook.com and donations toward the site's upkeep and continued podcast production are always gladly accepted at patreon.com thelogbook the logbook. You can also support the podcast by buying select game t-shirts and other goodies at redbubble.com. Look under user the logbook. Phosphor.fossils, a comprehensive timeline of the golden era of video games, including The Odyssey 2, can be downloaded at thelogbook.com store which is also where you can find the books I've written about everything from Doctor Who to Star Trek to growing up geeky. Feel free to drop me a line at the Facebook page for thelogbook.com, via Twitter at LogbookGuy, or email me at earl at Select Game Expanded Memories of the Odyssey 2 is a production of thelogbook.com and was written and produced by Earl Green. Music performed by Kazatochi, available for free download at thelogbook.com.